Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. If you have questions about our church or following Jesus, feel free to reach out to us at info at theplantchurch.org. Now, here's today's message. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to hear from our team that went to Fort Belknap, and there's a promo, there's a little video that they had put together, and we sent out a team of people for a week to go minister to uh, Native Americans in the, uh, at Fort Belknap in Montana. It was about eight years ago where Pastor Omar had said to me, uh, Rob, what's your passion? My passion is global missions. What's your passion? And I said, first and foremost, first and foremost it's Mawa. He's like, okay, I know that. I said, no, seriously, this is my passion. This is my mission field. If I wasn't called here, I would be somewhere else. He says, but what's the bigger picture? What is it that you want God to do outside of Mawa? And I said, well, my grandparents were Native American Indian missionaries. I'm Native American Indian. And so for me, is I've always had a special, special place for just our people that have been here forever. And so my grandparents were actually Native American uh, missionaries. They would come here, they would sell American Indian jewelry, and then they would go to all these different reservations all throughout the United States. They saw churches planted, they saw people come to faith, and even to this day, churches are still established in Arizona and other places because of their ministry. And so we challenged our church to get involved with the reservation, and the one that God had revealed to us was Fort Belknap in Montana. And God has been doing an amazing thing. The most beautiful part of all this is, I have not gone. You have caught the vision. And that was our prayer, that the church would catch the vision beyond their own locale. And so we're going to see a quick little video, and I'll tell you when to play after I pray. But here's what I want you to do this morning. We've had one of the most amazing years of doing global and local ministries and missions. This is our fourth Sunday since last September that we have focused on missions. I don't know too many churches that do that. Four, t- four Sundays this past year, we focused on Central Asia. We focused on how God was using our youth and how God is using this local church here in the United States beyond the walls of Mawa and West Milford. I want to challenge you right now this morning. This is my prayer. And if you take this challenge, it's the reason you came to church this morning. I want you to have open hearts to however God wants to use you this year, differently than he ever has. Amen? Would you do that? That you would learn to step out of your comfort zone. Because for every person on this team that you're going to hear from today, each one of them, the one thing they said was, I had to step out of my comfort zone. So let's do this. Open hands, open hearts. Jesus, every day I ask you, take me out of my comfort zone. And God, every day you do something new and something fresh. God, I ask you this morning that during this Sunday gathering, that this would be the message. It's not the words of Pastor Rob telling people to do or not to do, but rather your Holy Spirit inspiring us to step out of our comfort zone. And so, God, I pray that you would just use this video and this team to help us as a church to step out in new ways. 
In Christ's name, amen. You can play it. Wasn't that a great video? When I watched it the first time, I'm like, it just was so peaceful. And I'll tell you what I loved about the video is oftentimes you watch these mission trips videos and they're just like high entertainment, high excitement. But when I was watching that, you just felt that this, the presence of God was all over that team. And this was a very special team. So I want to invite the whole team to come forward. We are missing several people. The Florio family, Joe and Margie and his uh, three boys, they all went on the trip. And Joe was the one who really led the team. Uh, he was the one who really has been the catalyst for the work in Fort Belknap. And it's been one of those, those uh, he's been one of those individuals that says, I'm on mission no matter where I live. And so they are unable to be with us. They gave us a long video, but we don't have time to watch it this morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to put it online. We also are missing one other individual from the team. But what we're going to do is, yes, and I know for some of you, you love these because you don't have to hear me. And some of you are like, oh, not another one of these. Um, but we really want to hear from you all different things. Where did you go? And why did you each choose to go? So we're going to first start with uh, Scott, and you're going to introduce yourself, and uh, you're just going to share the people, who are the people group there, whereabouts was it, and then we're going to go right down the line, and then we're going to talk about uh, why did you go, because this is scary. If you've never said yes to the call of God to do something out of your comfort zone, it's a little spooky, and so uh, why don't you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, Fort Belknap. Uh, my name is Scott. This is my wife, Elisa. Um, the Fort Belknap Reservation is north-central Montana. Um, it's close to the Canadian border. Uh, it's a mixture of a few different tribes, mostly the Assiniboine, Grovant, uh, White Clay people. Um, it's just a giant piece of land with a very heightened spirituality of all kinds um, and people who need the love of Jesus. Awesome. Good. Uh, Elisa. As you said before, um, I mean, I I've, have been on many mission trips before, but this one was a little different, and I am so glad it was different because we were going there to love and serve, and that is it. And we did VBS, we did all those things, but we really just went because we felt led, and that was the first time ever mentally and physically that I was there with the Holy Spirit. Like he said, I felt it throughout the trip, and it was an amazing trip, and I would do it again. Awesome. My name is Marianne. Um, I, I, you know, what, what they said already, I felt led. I, um, I felt that I wanted to serve Jesus and serve others, and it was wonderful to just do those two things. And to not have the work and the house and the, the cleaning and the laundry. And it just felt like it was such a purpose that week to just have those two things. To serve Jesus, love Jesus, and just love others. It was, um, it was amazing. Hi, I'm Kim. Um, I'm not really sure why I went, <laughs> but I just always had, a, like you, um, I think for the Native Americans, I just think they were so wronged or whatever. I have no Native American blood. I'm as German as German can be. But I'm just really glad I went because, like everybody said, just, you know, these people, even though there's brokenness and whatever, they still have hope and faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And 
that's a real positive for me, and that really was a, a real pick-me-up, even in the conditions that they're living in, which I wasn't really expecting some of the poverty. But, you know, they just, they were very receptive to us, you know, the whole time, and there was just so much love that we got back as much as we gave. Awesome, awesome. Hi, I'm Regan Buckley. Um, I went on the trip just because I felt like I wanted to serve in some way, and this really just came upon me. The Lord, the Lord tells you when there's something that's right for you, and this was right for me. And I, it was just an experience that I, I could never have expected. And I want to say thank goodness for Joe Florio, because Joe did a great job in preparing us, preparing us mentally as well as our hearts. And because when you, when you go to a place like that, you need to, Marianne was talking about, you, you need to be free of everything, you know, not just your job and people, you know, calling on you for whatever it is you do day to day, but you need to be free of, of you know, things that are holding you down. And he did a great job in preparing us for that. So, awesome. Thank you. And so everyone on the team really did have a specific role, but I want to talk about the whole idea of fear because you all took a week's vacation off for your work, right? You had to go to your work and say, I get a week's vacation. And can I take this week's vacation and can I use it for this? So Reagan's been with the church now, what, three or four years? Yeah, two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. wow. And she's kind of been on like, like uh, the fast track of, of everything. <laughs> she came to God in the Bar a few years ago and she's like, this is weird. She never came back. But during COVID. I went to the bar. I just went, didn't do God in the Bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I'll never forget that story. And, um, but during COVID, she really, you really found Jesus. And uh, you were on the fast track. You literally like dove head in. You we got baptized. You, you've jumped into leadership. You've jumped into all these things. But in the midst of this, like what? And you played a big leadership role on the team, even working with me for this morning to make it happen. But what was your biggest fear of taking a week off and stepping into a place that you've never been before? Yeah, so... Um Part of it is expectation, right? Um, we, some people had been filling us in before because they had been to Fort Belknap and they said it's very dark. And so I was very concerned that it would be too overwhelming for me. Um, but I have to say, Jesus helps you and brings you what you need when you need it. And he was there. He was there all over us. I mean, we had so many things. I mean, even on our trip out there, our flight was delayed. <laughs> there were so many things. We got to the church at midnight. And just so you understand, most of us slept in the sanctuary. We had blow-up mattresses, and that's where we slept. And when we showed up, the place hadn't been lived in in years. So it was like this much dirt on the floor and flies and everything. And at night, it gets to like 45, 48 degrees. There was no heat in the building. And we were exhausted, and yet... The Holy Spirit was filling us at all times. We cleaned up. We were laughing. We, this is the blankets. Yes, I have to give the blanket story because it, it gives you an idea of this trip. There's so much planning that get, gets involved. And so Joe Florio said, don't worry. I ordered the, the pillows. I ordered the blankets. You don't have to bring anything. I'm always cold. I brought my own blanket. But... We get there, we're freezing, now it's time for bed. We've blown up the mattresses, it's what, one, two o'clock in the morning. There are boxes everywhere. We're looking through it, we find the box. 
open it up with all the blankets, we pull it out, and they are this big. <laughs> Baby blankets. But the Lord was there, and nobody was upset. We laughed. We had a good time. He helped us. He was there all the way, so he helps with fear. And that was Joe's fault, not the plant. <laughs> Joe was trying to save money by buying cheap Amazon blankets. There's certain things in life you do not go cheap on, and blankets is not one of them. So, Kim, what about you? Tell, tell us about, I want, I want you to tell us two things. Um, you were just excited from the start. I don't think there was any fear in you. You were just like, I, no, oh, I wasn't. No. And yeah, we're like, take I, a deep breath. Take <laughs> a deep breath. But, I just but wanted us, to get away from work. You wanted to get away from work. Yeah. So, so I, want, I, want just to, I want you to tell us two things. Um, what made you really go? But even more so, tell us how you connected the plant with the Rangers? Yeah. The New York Rangers. Yeah. Did you, I think we mentioned yeah. that before, but, but Kim is this crazy. If you watched her in a video, I watched <laughs> your, your shot. Like, <laughs> you know what you're doing. She's a hockey enthusiast. I coach. No, I coach. So, and you coach? I coach for the Ranger junior programs. Oh, wow. Cool. So it starts, actually, the junior program starts on the 10th. So if you want to sign your kids up, <laughs> it's at Sportorama. Um, but yeah, just through that, you know, I was asking at the rink, um, you know, and I've actually coached with um, Stefan Mateau and Graves and those guys. So um, I didn't teach them how to play. But anyway, um, yeah, so I got this contact, this guy Mike Benelli with USA Hockey, and he hooked me up with $2,000 of um, ball hockey equipment. Wow. So um, wow. some of the kids there, yeah. So some of the kids there, like Chucky and Chase, and some of the kids that really liked it, you know, we gave them something. We had 60 sticks and nets and all kinds of stuff. And then we donated the rest of it to the high school so that they can run a program. And then um, one of our friends that we were with out there, Natasha, she's a teacher there. So she's got my number if they need, <coughs> excuse me, some drills or things that I can, you know, kind of help them with, give them some, you know, USA hockey stuff, you know. So... Um, yeah, that was that. And uh, as far as fear, I, I really wasn't that fearful. The, the only thing that I think would hit me most was that, um, because it w we were told it was so dark and this and that. I, yeah, we had some, you know, very difficult moments that were really heart-wrenching. But, you know, these people, I found them to be so thankful, so receptive. You know, they were like, I would have been like, you know, I've watched The Soprano. Who are these crazy people from New Jersey? You know, I would have, like, just janked my kids right out of there. Yeah. But, you know, they just really, I think, felt our genuine love for them and the love of Jesus. And they felt valued and important. And the kids just wanted to hang with us. I mean, Scott had two buddies that just adored him. But yeah. then we all adore Scott. <laughs> we do. So I think what's so interesting about that is we have to realize that God has positioned each of us to open other doors to be part of his bigger picture. The Rangers. Mm. I'm not even a hockey fan. Well, you're going to be. But I'm going to be a Ranger <laughs> fan forever. Are. Rangers are my new team. Why? Because they were part of the kingdom of God. They saw something bigger. And so often what we do is we miss out that God has allowed us to forge relationships. And one day you're just like, hey, you want to be part of this. And you welcome them to be part of what we are doing and they had the opportunity to bless, bless all of those young people in a way that we as a church, we couldn't. Well, my contact, Mike, I've never met him. You know, we, we chatted on the phone, whatever. I mean, just like that, he's like, let me see what I can get you. And there was a box of jerseys somewhere never to be seen again. I don't know what happened to those. I don't know if they were received or not. And that would have been really cool to give yeah. the kids so they had something to take away. 
But, you know, during the whole trip, he said, you know, please send me pictures, send me things. So I kept contact with him. I mean, he thought it was awesome. I sent him Scott's video. He was like, this is just awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Scott, you, that video, man, that was probably one of my favorite church. Elisa. Yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. Honestly, one of the best church videos I've ever seen. So we're going to bring you on and help us do all this stuff. So good. Uh, I love what Marianne said, you know, oftentimes when you talk about going to certain parts of the world, whether you're going to Central Asia or you're, you're going to Africa or, you, or you're going to really dark corners of the world. I mean, I love what Reagan said one day. She said, you know, it's a sovereign nation. That's what reservations are. They really are their own people. And we need to pray as a church that, that how are they part of our missions? Because it, it's more than just, uh, you know, here domestically. They're, they're really considered a whole different group of people. And it breaks my heart because they are, they are the founders of this country. Everything good of this country is because of them. And so one of the things that I love what Marianne had said earlier is that, you know, you go on these trips and, and everyone scares you. Like, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be so, so dark and so gloomy and, 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 and weird things are going to happen. But, but you had a very different experience. And I do believe that you had a different experience because of the way that Joe prepped you all. You guys were reading books. You guys were praying. You were dealing with your stuff, right? You had to deal with, you know, forgiveness issues and all these different things. And he says, make sure your heart is right or the enemy's going to get you. So talk to us about that, that shift from being so concerned about darkness, but then... So we had, we had heard that it was a very, very dark place, and um, sin is an interesting thing, and this was kind of um, happening to me in the last few weeks, thinking about sin and thinking about the reservation and all the addiction, um, and, you know, that's sin you can see, right? So it's easy to see that. People are drunk. People are high. It's easy to see that. But some sin is not so easy to say. So, you know, when, when, I, when I looked at the reservation, everybody there was, was open to prayer. They were open to prayer. They were, please pray for me. They know they're in the pit. Like, they know what they need. They knew they needed Jesus. Um, and, and I look at Bergen County, and I look at the pride in Bergen County of the fleshly, worldly people, and I'm thinking, it could be darker here than it is there. I mean, they, they there... They, they wanted the Lord. They knew scripture, some of them. You know, and I'll, I'll never forget, um, there's a lot of, now I'm going to start crying. There's a lot of addiction in my family, and my son is in recovery, and I tried to fix it, fix it, fix it, change it, you know. And once we were um, with the counselor at one rehab, I don't even remember what rehab it was because there were many, and I looked at my son, and his dad was there, and the counselor, and I said, what do you need from us? What can we do for you? He said, just love me. And that's what we did. We just loved them. You know, there was a woman who left her three smart, small children in the car to go into the store to get alcohol. We didn't judge her. We didn't say you shouldn't be doing that. We, she came out. We we said to her, can we pray over you and your children? She said, of course you can. We prayed for her. That's what we did. We loved people where they were at. Um, and it's taken me a while because goodness knows before I was a Christian, I thought I was better than all these people. And, of course, God then revealed to me my sin that was not as visible as, as you know, addiction might be. So um, it, was, it was amazing to just, just love people the way that Jesus loved the woman at the well without judgment. Um, 
That's it. That's me. Good. <laughs> no. <You're next. laughs> I, I think that's a, I think that's a great that's a great narrative because she knows she's an addiction. She knows her own shame. She knows her own guilt. And when we do the opposite of what people think, it oftentimes awakens them to saying, "Whoa." But I, I, I also appreciate you say that it actually seems darker here than over there. Yeah. We're just blinded. We're just blinded to the darkness that's around us. And it's one of the reasons why we throw parties. We throw parties so that people can see the light of Jesus in us. We are present for our friends and neighbors so they get to see the light of Jesus in us. I'm going to throw you a total curveball oh. right now. <laughs> I, I love, and I, I know it's kind of a weird question, but there was something. Why did you do the video the way you did? What The song, the transitions, like you must be very artful because I couldn't have done that. But like what, what was your, what did you want us to get from watching that video? I think um, it's very easy to watch a video and grab something from it, but for more of, um, like from our view, we would just encourage everyone to go there and experience for yourself because there's nothing else like it. There's nothing else physically or mentally that you will not take away if you don't go, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, as well as just being on the missions there, it's so easily, like, easily to carry it here. Um, and that's mostly what I wanted everyone to take away from it is that we can live on missions here as well as there and just like literal. <laughs> Good. Awesome. I really felt like you brought us into the trip. Do you know what I mean? I really felt like this, the continuation of just almost walking us through the day. And uh, you had some fears going, right? Yeah. And you, you overcame them. How did you overcome that fear to go? Um, I've always, as you can tell, I'm not very people person. And, um, when I was there, I really got over that. Um, and I would not say I had no choice, but I also there, I felt the Holy Spirit and just like the, our group, it was carried, like you said earlier, and I was able to talk to everyone and pray with everyone. And it was just incredible. And that was always my fear. That's still my fear today. Um, but there, I just felt the Lord's presence everywhere, so I, I couldn't not do it. Cause, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I learned something in ministry. We always think it's the, the loud people, the extroverts, right, that, that get to jump on these trips and do everything. I actually think the introverts have more of an impact. I tell that whenever I'm training other churches and other uh, teams of people that, that oftentimes the introverts have the most powerful opportunities because they're going to be the ones that are going to sit and they're going to listen. And the compassion is just going to just fall on them in a way that someone crazy and wild like me is just going to be jumping around the room. And so you have a calling to love people in a way that most people like me Cannot. So praise God. Amen. So I want Scott to share. Uh, Scott actually pushed the trip over um, the cliff because when I was talking to Joe, uh, Scott had said, hey, I want to go. I said, great. The trip's on. I'll let you know. And he goes, no, 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 no. I said, I want to think about it. And I'm like, dude, you never tell me you want to go or it will happen. Now you have to go. And uh, I want to just say this. I want to applaud Bethany Church 
for how they supported him financially because he works at Bethany and they supported him a lot of money for the two of them to come on the trip. So I want to give Bethany a hand. And I love Bethany Church deeply. My grandfather was the pastor at Bethany Church in Patterson. And so there's a, there's a deep tie. But you had a divine encounter in the skate park. And uh, you hit a certain age and you should not be skateboarding. No matter how good you think you are, or there's certain tricks you should never try again. And I learned that when I tried to ollie in my 30s and I wiped out in front of all my kids. So tell us what happened on the skate park and what Jesus did for you. So uh, there's a, a, a cool little skate park on the reservation. Um, but, you know, skateboarding is a great outlet for kids. Uh, but there's not a ton of money on the reservation, so there's not a ton of, ton of supplies. So... We partnered with a company in the Midwest that donated lots of uh, skateboards to us. So we thought, okay, great, let's hand some out to kids, and this will be a really exciting way to share Jesus with them, right? They were all scripture-based graphics and a cool inroad. Um, and so we went there when we thought they would all be there, and there was no one there. And so we were like, all right, well, you know, let's just hang out and skateboard and see if someone shows up. And uh, like you said, forgetting how old I was, um, I was just trying to pretend I wasn't old, um, and there was some slippery paint and an old person, and I slipped and fell, um, dislocated my shoulder. It was uh, pretty far out of place. It was all the way up in the front here. Um, and, you know, I was taking a, a, a mental inventory of what's not where it belongs and realizing, okay, like, this is the wrong place, and um, laying there in the bottom of this graffitied, dirty skate park, right? The last place that you would expect to encounter Jesus. Um, and, and Joe and his son, Chris, uh, they came over very calm. Uh, and they just said, can, can we pray over you? And, uh, you know, we were, we were multiple hours away from the nearest help, uh, three hours or so from the nearest hospital. Um, I was nervous, but it was a strange calm. Um, and as soon as they began to pray over me, my whole body was just washed in peace. Um, it was the only way to describe it is if though someone pulled a drain plug out of my foot and I just felt the worry just fall right out of me. Um, and about two seconds after they started praying, while I was still holding my arm where I thought it should be, um, my shoulder kind of drew a straight line through my body back to where it started. Um, and there was no pop, no noise, no one touched it. Um, and miraculously, it was moving again, and it was healed, and it was fine. Uh, it was a, a, a feeling, a touch that I can't describe with any worldly words. Um, there was no denying that it was God. And mm. in that moment, it was just amazing to see that, you know, for two people to live every moment as though they were on mission, right? It, watching someone at a skate park fall, and their first reaction was, let's pray over them, right? And to see how God used their heart for him to heal me in that moment not only made me feel special but opened my eyes to how you can encounter God anywhere even not in the church right even in the bottom of a skate park in the middle of Montana um, but if your mindset is such that you turn to God first right to always live on mission wherever you're at awesome awesome how awesome is that how awesome I love you know that was one of the reasons we started the plant is that there would be a church in Bergen County that would regularly, regularly experience the healing power of Christ. That was one of the things. If you see my arm, I have ta tattooed on different images, and one is the, heal the healing image of Christ. And so for me, it's like I remember a story that Jesus had, had healed a man, 
And the man went into the temple. So I'm, I'm telling you this so this never happens to you again. And he goes up to him and he says, don't ever do that again or something worse will happen. So don't ever skate there again or something worse will happen. Okay? Um, but I just love how Scott, who has believed in healing for so long, he's like, I was healed. He did it for me. And I, I know we need to understand this. Too often, we believe that God wants to do stuff for everybody else except for us. And Scott, Jesus wants to do more for you. And you have a special calling on your life that everyone on your team saw. And your best days are ahead of you. And that was just a simple little touch of what's next. Amen? Amen. So we're going we're gonna to go to communion, um, but I just have one last question. Can someone, just one person, because we want to end on time because it's a beautiful Labor Day. Reagan, you do this. Give us the final charge. Give us the final charge. What do you, wantage, what do you want to encourage our church to do this year yeah. as a church? Not just there, because we will be there yeah. again this next summer. Yeah. But how do you want our church to step into this new year? What's that one thing? I, I just want you guys to feel that you can do it too. I, God ha has light, and we are reflections of that light. And all of us has the opportunity to live on mission every day of the week, whether it's, you know... He had an incident where he was driving down the road and somebody's car was broken down and he helped them with it and then said, can I pray over you? I mean, those are simple things. We all have missions. You look at Grace, her group. We Amen. all have the opportunity to make a difference and live a missional life every day. And I ask that all of you really consider it in just simple things. It doesn't have to be something big. We have a lot that we can do. And God is here with us, and he comes to us when we help others. So, Amen. Thank you. Amen. So you better be ready next service. That's what you're sharing. You're up next service, you're going to share that part. So unless you're not here. Okay. So here's what we're going to do is our challenge between the summer priority challenge, between the trip to Montana, between the youth trip, uh, between Adventure Week, we were going to have 87 missional touches. We're over really 100. A hundred. This has been the most important, most engaging summer our church has ever had throughout its 15-year history. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's give them a hand. Yes, to sit down. Good job. We're going to take communion. But I just want to do one thing. Every year, for all of you who are part of, have been part of my men's groups, um, or if I have mentored you or discipled you in any capacity, you know one thing that I always do is called life planning. And what I do, and if you ever want to learn about it, let me know and I will walk you through this. And it's one of the things that every year my mentor had sh showed me how to begin to pray about the future, the next 365 days. So every year I, I really do set out. And the first thing he says is this. What are some things that you want God to speak into your future? 
What are some things that you want to see God bring to fruition? And I take this very serious. Because I know a lot of you say to me, like, you're like the words of Jesus. You tell me that often. You'll be like, man, I had no idea that you knew what happened this week. I have no idea what's happening in some of your lives this week. I don't. But Jesus does. And I trust that every time he gives me a word, it's going to happen. I share that about my sons who have a very rare genetic disease that God is going to heal them. On this side of heaven, I say that. I say that Jesus is healer, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Every way Jesus can heal. And this past year, this is one of the verses that God gave me. And I believe it, that it came true this summer. Let's see if I can read it through my eyes, my tears. But forget all of that. Forget the past 15 years. Forget the past 50 years. I can't believe I'm 50. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. You hear what I'm saying? It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. If you read the prophets, I've been in Jeremiah the last month just in my personal devotional times. And Jeremiah is a very scary book of the Bible. It's dark. It's gloomy. Even when you begin to read Isaiah, there's this darkness that, that Isaiah, this gloom that Isaiah is trying to get away from. But when you get towards the end of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. You get to Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. See, I'm doing something new. Plant family. Jesus is doing something new in your life. And he's doing something new in this church. And I got a text message from a, a man on Friday who said this. He said, I woke up this morning and I saw the sun in a whole new way. My life has fallen apart, but today's the first day I've had hope in a long time. See, I am doing something new. Montana, thank you for allowing us to see something new that God is up to. Paul Lee and the youth going to the city, thank you for letting us see something new that God is up to. Grace and your team, thank you for showing us that people in Bergen County have a heart for the least of these. For every one of you who threw a party and you opened your home and you said, it's more about the things of Jesus than myself and my selfishness, thank you for stepping into something new. See, when Jesus took the bread, and you can take the bread right now, and you can break it. 
said, this is my body. Let me put a little Rob spin on it. See, this is my body, broken for you. I'm doing something new. Let's eat. Then he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. What kind of covenant is it? It's a new covenant. Plant family. If you allow yourself to drink from the cup of the new covenant, which is the Holy Spirit, I promise you, you will see God do something new. Amen? Strength. I want to challenge you today on this Labor Day Sunday during the song of worship to say, God, I'm allowing you to do something new in my life. Because plant family, I'm letting God do something new. And I am so excited because I'm telling you this, his best in my life doesn't even compare. I can't even dream of all he's gonna accomplish because my best is yet to come. It's yet to come. My best is gonna be in my 50s. My best is gonna be in the 60s, 70s, 80s because I'm gonna finish strong. And I wanna challenge you today to let this be your new day, that your best starts now. Amen? Does anyone need to jump out of, your, out of their seat right now? Stand up. If you want God's best for this year, a new season, I want you to stand up. And I want to bless you. I want to bless you. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now, I look around this room, and I see so many amazing people that we love deeply. God, I ask you that your best in their life starts now. That your best in their life starts now. That God, this would be the prophetic message. But forget all of that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new, something new something better see I have already begun do you not see it I will make a pathway through the wilderness I will create rivers in the dry wasteland Holy Spirit something new let the next chapter be the best May the next section of our life be the best. May this summer be the jump start to all that you have for the very reasons and purposes why you created us. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
If this podcast has been helpful for you to know Jesus and make him known, then check out our website for more sermons and other resources, theplantchurch.org.